Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. We talking about practice? Hell yeah, we're talking about practice. What's up, everybody? Just in the nick of time. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Just came running in from my car. A cloudy day down at Dorn Blazer Field, but I wanted to get in as much action as I possibly could because guess what? The pads are on. The pads are popping. Now we get some real-life football chippy down there for the Montana Grizzlies, to say the least. But uh, you got to always love it when you got some football especially real hard-hitting college football in your life. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for tuning in with us, kicking it with us here on your Wednesday. Plenty to get to today, as we always do. Excited for a fun show for you. We're going to talk, continue our conversation, of course, about fall camp on both sides of the Continental Divide. Been spending some time down there at Dornblazer. Been getting some feedback from over there at Montana State as well. We have our uh, position groups to watch for the Grizzlies up right now on SkylineSportsMT.com. Just uh, finished writing my one about the Bobcats, so that won't be posted later this evening. Andrew Houghton has a story about uh, the preseason expectations for the Grizzlies and just some feedback out of the uh, Big Sky kickoff uh, that we attended in Spokane a couple weeks ago. And then Tom Stuber is going to have a roster update for you on MSU as well. So tons of stuff coming for you at SkylineSportsMT.com. Also a ton of stuff coming at you here today on Nuanas Now. We're going to continue to talk fall camp, but also we're going to continue our discussions about Big Sky Conference football. We spent a great deal of time at the Big Sky kickoff, making the rounds, talking to various people from the various teams uh, throughout the Big Sky Conference. So we've highlighted a few. We've had some guests on from uh, around the Big Sky. And today we are going to talk about Weber State. Now, Weber State is, um, I think, which is actually funny to think, because they have been so good uh, in in recent years. And, and there's a lot of circumstances that go into it, but make no mistake, Weber State was the premier program of the second half of the 2010s in the Big Sky Conference. It's hard to argue. They finished in the top six in the national rankings four years in a row, four consecutive Big Sky Conference titles, five straight playoff appearances. And, uh, you know, during that span, 2016, they went 6-2 and two in league, then they went 7-1 and one in league three years in a row, and then they went undefeated during the abbreviated spring season in 2020. 
So I guess that was the spring of 2021, but uh, sort of the replacement of the 2020 year. You know, caveat, several schools from the Big Sky, including the Montana schools, did not participate. But Weber is 58-36 and 36 under Jay Hill, 44-17 and 17 in Big Sky Conference play. And uh, w- when you tally it all up, you're talking uh, 33 Big Sky wins against just four Big Sky losses between 2016 and uh, 2020. So a great run by the Wildcats. But last year, a little bit of a step back. Now, again, it comes with a caveat. Part of this is because you know, Weber State was was the best team in the Big Sky, partly because Bo Baldwin left Eastern Washington, and Eastern's been very good, but not as good as they were during that great run under Coach Baldwin when they won five Big Sky titles. Montana, Montana State. Montana State was under a little bit of a rebuild with Jeff Choate. They got it back going, but still not necessarily a Big Sky title contender quite yet. And Montana had a couple, you know, by Montana standards, at least down years under Bob Stitt. So some would argue that Weber State took the place atop the pedestal in the Big Sky Conference uh, because of the uh, the other teams in the league not being quite as good. But I, I argue that they have a, a great formula there. And, and you know what? Winning playoff games, advancing in the FCS playoffs, it, it proves it on the national level. So they won playoff games in 2017, 2018. Went to the FCS playoffs Final Four in 2019. And, you know, when you're finishing in the top six in the country, you're right there. So we'll talk some Weber State stuff, what their prospects are like for this year. How do they bounce back from last year's six and five year where their five-year playoff streak was snapped? We'll hear from Jay Hill as well. Andrew caught up with Coach Hill uh, during the Big Sky kickoff here uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, We're also going to talk... Some Big Sky and FCS football at the top of the top of the second hour. It's a Wednesday, so that means we have our ESPN roundtable, like we always do. Craig Haley, senior FCS analyst for Stats Perform. He's sort of the uh, the old guard, the 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 veteran when it comes to covering the FCS at a national level. Does a great job facilitating the Stats Perform national poll, the Walter Payton Award and Buck Buchanan Award watch lists, uh, along with the Jerry Rice Award that goes to the freshman of the year in the FCS. And uh, he also does a good job compiling his All-American teams as well. He'll join us to, to talk about some of the procedures behind all of that, but also just some of his picks and maybe how he sees the big sky through the lens of in the FCS landscape. So Craig will join us about 5 o'clock. So we'll look forward uh, to having him on the show. And uh, we're also going to hear from a guy who we've been teasing for a little while, but excited to have him on. It's actually funny because we've been talking about his appearance on our senior spotlight for quite some time. And when we were talking about it initially, we were teasing future Alabama Crimson Tide pitcher Brock Bladder, a Billings Central graduate. But now Brock is not only perhaps going to the SEC, he's also gotten drafted uh, in the Major League Baseball draft. So uh, an evolving senior spotlight, but our Andrew Houghton caught up with Brock uh, earlier this, uh, I guess, within the last couple weeks. So we'll hear from Brock here about 5.30 as well. And then we also have uh, someone from the Out of the Darkness Suicide Awareness uh, Walk coming in about 4.30 as well. So jam-packed show. Should be a fun show. And I can't wait to get to it. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's Nuanas Now. It's your show, Outlook, presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. I actually saw Brent down there at uh, Grizz practice. He and his team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics, any and all questions you might have in the real estate world in western montana give brent and his team a call today want to stream the show you always can using our station website 1029espn.com click on listen live you'll find the stream you have questions comments feedback on the big sky conference the grizz the bobcats weaver state whatever triple eight one zero two nine call us or text us 406-888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And uh, don't hesitate. Pick up the phone. Shoot us a text. It's fun to have you involved uh, in this as well. Uh, it's funny because I, I always talk about, I know, I, I first of all, I appreciate everybody out there that's listening. But I, I have with quite certainty I almost always know there's at least one person besides Andrew listening to the show, and that's my mother. Except my mother is out of town because it's her birthday. So 
Funny that I say, happy birthday, Mom, and I know that she's not listening because she's over in Coeur d'Alene with my aunt and uncle. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have a little birthday celebration tonight, have a barbecue. But, uh, you know, happy birthday, Mom. And, uh, you know, thanks for raising me up good. Thanks for instilling the love of reading into my life because I would say that the love of reading has led me to all of the successes and all of the accomplishments that I've had. And uh, it's a good reminder for any of you out there that's uh, parents of young kids or aspiring parents or whatever, I'm telling you, and, and this is coming from someone that's not a parent, but I can tell you matter-of-factly just how much an impact a love of reading has had on my life in nothing but an unquestionably uh, positive impact on my life. So thanks, Mom, for, for teaching me, you know, the value of a good book. And if you know me, you know I got libraries everywhere. I got a library in this studio. We got multiple bookshelves in our house. We got books everywhere. That's why I like I, I like living with Andrew, though, because Andrew doesn't mind all my books. In fact, he's got a bunch of books, too. So a uh, couple readers, uh, but it definitely caters well to being able to to talk on the radio. That's also happy birthday, Mom. Thanks, uh, thanks for being such a great uh, influence, such a positive influence uh, for in my life, and I hope you have a, a wonderful birthday, even though I know you are not listening to this whatsoever. <laughs> this is the rest of the community. Now you know. It's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, Mom. Uh, let's talk some Big Sky Conference football. First of all, I, I have said on the show many times that I think that uh, that Jay Hill's a really good coach. I, th- I think he, he, he gets it done in a lot of ways. He's very matter-of-fact. Uh, he's a no-BS type of guy. He, uh, he's like a less contentious, less defiant Bobby Houck, but, but they do have similarities in their, their uh, FBS pedigrees, their special teams, acumens, and uh, sort of their deliberate nature of wanting to do it. These guys are not the type of coaches where they're just riding the hype train. You know, and, and we love all types of coaches. You know, I mean, Bruce Barnum's the affable comedian at Portland State. You know, Rob Fennessy at Idaho State, who's now here at Montana, he, he was sort of the, the self-deprecating, you know, self-aware, nice guy. Bo Baldwin is you know, kind of a mad scientist, dialing stuff up. Troy Taylor is completely from, from completely outside the fraternity there at Sac State, but a, a guy that obviously has, has great you know, offensive acumen. Chris Ball just seems like a ball coach there at NAU. He's, he's, he just wants to play ball. He wants to watch ball. He wants to recruit defense and hit you in the mouth and all that stuff. You know, Brett Vegan is kind of the, the stoic, uh, you know, looming guy. His, his physical presence gives him such a, a reputation as well. But the guys like Jay Hill and Bobby Houck, they might not be the ones that set you on fire when the microphone's in front of your face, but when you watch their teams play, you certainly have a very big appreciation for the discipline that they instill in their guys. I think that Jay Hill's attention to detail, his defined style, the way he wants to play football, and uh, a, a high respect, reverence, and importance on special teams when you look at Weber State over these last eight seasons under Coach Hill, they've had some of the best players in the country. And those players haven't been quarterbacks or wide receivers. So a lot of times, it's, it's not like the sexiness that you get from some of the, you know, when you have a Samari Torre or an Isaiah Fonse or even a Troy Anderson. Not a lot of guys are like household names at Weber State. But when you got one of the best kickers in the country, like they did for several years with Trey Tuttle, or you have one of the best return men in the history of the subdivision, like they did for four years with Rashid Shahid, or when you have just a seemingly endless string of first-team all-conference-level offensive linemen, that's how you get it done. That's how you win 10-11 games like Weber State did in 2018, 2019. I mean, 2017, 2018, 2019 – those Weber teams won 32 total games against just 10 total losses. And this is a program that, that usually has to play at least one money game against FBSs and uh, sometimes as many as two. So I got a lot of respect for Coach Hill, got a lot of respect for what he's done. But this is a big year for Weber State. Yet I think because there's so much hype on both the Big Sky level and the national level around the Montana schools, uh, I think that you see maybe a little bit less hype, a little bit less attention going the way of the Wildcats. 
I think that's a good thing for Weber State. So we're going to go over uh, just kind of what they did a year ago in a minute. But I want to I want to hear from Jay Hill here. Andrew Houghton has some uh, clips from us for us, excuse me, from the Big Sky Kickoff. Here is Jay Hill on just the internal confidence of his team, the internal confidence of Weber State as a football program. Every year in this league, it's a bloodbath, and um, I keep saying it, that top to bottom, it's the best league in the country. Uh, Anybody can beat you on a given Saturday if you're not ready to go, and to be one of those top five or six teams, you got to be really good. And if you're one of the top four, you're probably a top ten team in the country. That's been you guys for, for the last several years. What's the mindset and what's the feel around the team going into this year? We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We've got great players. Uh, we know how to win in the league. We know how to win at home. We know how to win on the road, which is key. Uh, we just got to get back to winning turnover margin, which hurt us last year in a couple key games. Um, you know, the James Madison game, Montana State game, those games would have been completely different if you just win the turnover margin. Um, but that, that's us. We got to get back to being who we were, playing great defense, taking care of the football. Uh, the things that are critical to win a football game. I, I just love the matter of fact nature of of the way that he operates. You know, it's it's not the. I, I think the Bobby Houck parallel is actually a little bit too much of low hanging fruit because personality wise, they're not that say, the same. I just more mean that there's a little bit of a similarity there, just in terms of defining what you want your style to be and then emphasizing that. But that's what I really appreciate about Jay Hill. He says we have great players. We know we have great players. All we need to do is just remember what got us to the 10-11 win margin uh, the last couple of years. Jay Hill here on Nuana's Now Weber State Talk as we continue our Big Sky Conference breakdowns uh, leading up to uh, the season opener. Crazy to think that the uh, the season opener for college football uh, just a few weeks away, so uh, very excited about that. When you look at Weber State's slate last year, they finished 6-5 and five overall, 5-3 five and three in conference play. They, they were basically a game outside of the playoff picture. The biggest guy got five teams into the playoffs. But one of those was not Weber State. When you break down their schedule, though, here's the way that it went. It, it, they had a really tough schedule last year. They started off with a 40-17 to loss at Utah. They drilled Dixie State at home 41-3, now Utah Tech. They, went, uh, they got James Madison in a return of a home-and-home game. Pretty impressive to get James Madison to come to Stewart Stadium in Ogden, Utah. But they got James Madison to come, and uh, JMU, which ended up a national semifinalist, they beat Montana and then lost to North Dakota State in Fargo. JMU uh, drilled Weber State 37-24, and a late score by Weber made it seem a little closer than it actually was. It was was a pretty dominant effort by James Madison. But then the way that this went down in conference play, Weber was right there. So it's not as if they fell off completely they were only a couple points away from being true conference title contenders and true playoff contenders. I mean, they were a playoff contender until the end of the year. But they lost 17-14 to to UC Davis in a slugfest that not a lot of people expected. Drilled Cal Poly 38-7. to Then they lost uh, an absolute slugfest that I was at live and in person. Just an absolute slobber knocker. No offense, all defense. I, I, I mean... I couldn't believe how many times Josh Davis and Isaiah Fonse and some of the other ball carriers got hit in this game. It was just back and forth, a, a battle of wills. But Montana State goes to Ogden and posts a 13 to seven win, so that put UC Davis, or excuse me, put Weber State at one and two in Big Sky Conference play. Then Weber gets a 35-34 win over Eastern Washington, a 40 to 17 win over Idaho State. But here's the kicker: the one that probably cost them the playoff berth. Because you can totally deal with a loss to UC Davis when they're 12th in the country, a loss to Montana State when they're ninth in the country. Both those teams went to the playoffs. But the, the, the game that really bit Weber State was a 30-18 to home loss to Portland State. That's what basically sealed their fate. They went out and routed Southern Utah. A statement for Weber and a statement for the rest of the big sky saying, don't let the door hit you on your way out to their in-state rivals. 62-0. to Pretty, pretty good. And then they also hammered Northern Colorado 48-17. But, Andrew, it's not as if Weber was a world away here. In fact, you, you just don't have that game where they where you stub your toe against Portland State. And, oh, by the way, that was, I think, when they were without Bronson Barron, who's their quarterback. Um, they, 
I, I guess Barrett did play in that game, but they were without Josh Davis for sure. They're All-American running back. They might have had some other injuries, but it basically it was the, the Portland State game that, that kept this team uh, from being you know on a sixth straight playoff berth. Right, and you look at this team a year ago, I, their schedule just left them no margin for error, but when you actually look at those results... They're right up there with, with some of the best teams in the conference. I mean, they hammered all of the teams that they were supposed to. I mean, they they murdered the low-down teams in the conference. And they were right. They lost by, you mentioned it, two one-possession losses to two of the best teams in the conference. I mean, they were, they were right there. The only issue is that that non-conference schedule with James Madison coming in really left them no margin for error. And they... they they lost that one against Portland State. They kept them out of the playoffs. I was in Ogden for the game when Mont- I was actually it was a it was a crazy one of my craziest turnarounds I've ever had uh, as a sports journalist because it was a Friday night game. So I drove to Ogden, covered that game on Friday night, then came back and covered the Montana Grizzlies against Sac State the next day. Uh, no rest for the weary for sure. But if you want to know what, I guess what I'm getting at is. You look at that win by the Bobcats retrospectively, and you think, okay, solid win. You went on the road to Ogden. You beat a team that finished 6-5. and five. But when that win happened, that was an enormous win for Montana State. Montana State's players and coaches talked about the magnitude of the win, and so it shows you sort of the internal respect that yeah, I don't think Weber anybody else in the league ever looked at a Weber State game as anything other than a big game and never looked at Weber State exactly. as anything other than one of the top teams in the conference. I know, uh, you know, Bruce Barnum was really happy after that Portland State win as well. For sure. the uh, There's a lot of question marks around the entire league. Obviously, that's college football. How are you going to replace this guy? How are you going to replace that guy? I think that Weber State's going to have one of the best secondaries in the conference. I think Eddie Heckard is one of the best DBs in the league. The questions for Weber, though, I think are mostly centered upon their front seven defensively. They lose, Jer- they lose Jared Scheiss, who is a, an All-American type guy on the interior. They lose George Tarlos, who is a graduate transfer. Uh, one of the most interesting stories in the league, a guy who hails from Greece, who only started playing football when he was uh, uh, a senior in high school. And Weber has always had great defensive linemen under Jay Hill, whether it was Adam Rodriguez, who went on to play in the CFL, Jonah Williams, who's still playing for the Los Angeles Rams, McKay Murphy, who, if not for injury, would probably still be in the NFL as well. Scheiss, I mean, they've had a lot of really good players there on the defensive front. So I think that that's the question, how do they replace those guys? But if you believe the sample size, you believe they've been able to do it pretty seamlessly uh, under Coach Hill. Here's what Jay Hill had to say when asked about his defensive unit as a whole. Well, Eddie Heckard's one of the best players in the league. Mark Collins has started a lot of games at corner for us. Maxwell Anderson and Cam Garrett. We have four of the best corners in the league. Um, and then Sione Lapalajo started a lot of games at D-tackle. Doug Sheese, uh, Jerry Sheese's little brother. Uh, Khaleesi Moley is one of the most dynamic D-linemen in the league. There, there's a lot of guys there to build around. Does it become easier to just keep that rolling year after year as soon as you, you know, had the success? Well, every year you're going to lose key guys, and that's the reality of college football is there's graduating classes, and um, now you have to deal with the portal and losing guys to the portal, and you, that's the key in college football is recruit the right ones, develop them, and try to keep them around, and when someone leaves, you got to do a phenomenal job of having someone ready to go. Jay Hill, Weber State head coach, uh, continued conversation about the Wildcats. Uh, Weber this year um, is going to have a, a, a interesting schedule as well. I think, though, for any team at the FCS level in the Big Sky Conference, when you lose an absolute top-shelf, top-tier player, Weber, by the way, is going to be in Bozeman on October 22nd, and then they host Montana the following week. So that could be sort of the story of their season those last two Saturdays of October. When you lose a premier player, like a top of the country type player, like Josh Davis, who, by the way, a former Utah Gatorade player of the year, a guy who's a multiple time all American, but has battled injuries ever since his high school days. When you lose a dude like that, like Weber state did a year ago, it's hard to, to pick up the pieces. Cause he's, he's not only a unbelievably productive guy, he's also a leader uh, by example and, and just in his production and, you know, uh, a verbal leader as well. 
And so his return is going to be huge. I also think that a year more of maturation for Bronson Barron, who I actually thought was really good the times I've seen him. He, you know, he throws a good deep ball. He's a big, strong guy. You know, low-hanging fruit has always been that, that Weber State's a quarterback away. Well, I don't know if they actually were ever, ever even away. I mean, when you're going to the quarterfinals every year and you go to the Final Four one year, you're pretty close to being as good as you can be at, at Weber State. But regardless, I think a year more of maturation for Bronson Barron, and, and then I think a a offensive line that's sure to be pretty darn good as well. Plus, they got some guys that are returning on the outside. They lose Rashid Shahid. That's a big loss in the return game and on the perimeter. But they got Ty McPherson back, who's who's a good uh, player there as an outside receiver. Justin Malone, a tight end that actually blew his knee out against Montana in 2019. Uh, he's back healthy. So I think they have some skilled talent as well. How about Jay Hill on the Weber State offense? We need to be more explosive on offense. Um, that's something that I felt when we were winning the championships back in 18 and 19, the defense and special teams was as good as there was in the country. We need our offense to be a little bit more dynamic. Uh, I will say this, in 18 and 19, our offense did a phenomenal job of taking care of the football, scoring touchdowns in the red zone, doing critical things that we needed to do. And now we just got to be a little bit more dynamic all the while we take care of the ball. And uh, that's the key. And one of the guys who it will be important for him to take care of the ball, the quarterback, of course. Ronson Barron is uh, a physical talent. Uh, he he looks really good. 6'3", 215-pounder. He's an in-state guy. Uh, he's only a sophomore eligibility-wise, even though he's been around for a while. He's class of 2018 out of American Fork High School there in Utah. So a guy, an LDS kid, went on a mission and... Uh, Got some some extra time with the, the spring season, and now uh, here he is as a sophomore, and they have some high expectations for him. As Weber's proven, if they have solid guys there at quarterback, whether it's, you know, Jadrian Clark or Stephen Cantwell um, or, or even Jake Constantine, they can be pretty good. And I actually think Bronson Barron is uh, better, I shouldn't say better, more talented than those guys that came before him so we'll see if he can put it all together. But here's what Weber State's head coach has seen in his young quarterback. Yeah, he looks good right now. He's the one for sure to, to beat out. I I never declare any position a starter uh, before fall camp starts because uh, that, that takes away the competition. That takes away anybody's opportunity to make a move, and I refuse to do that. The best guys will play. What is it about about Barron that he does well, though? I mean, what do you well, think Bron- about Well, Bronson throws the ball as good as anybody has ever thrown it in this league. Um, he was young last year. His decision-making will get better. Um, but his he's got elite arm talent, and he can really spin it. Uh, and he'll only he'll, he'll just keep getting better and better in college football. Uh, we've worked a lot on his his footwork and his his speed. Um, so yeah, my, my my expectation for him is to to be much better this year. Throw it as good as anybody ever has in the league, man. Strong words from Weber State's head coach about his sophomore quarterback could be true. I'm not sure yet. I do know Bronson Barron does have very good arm talent. Well, here's the other thing. Being able to just flat spin it and throw the ball on a rope is only a very small part of playing quarterback. This is why so many people that went and watched Grizz football practices got so enamored with Chris Brown last year. I watched the Grizz just a minute ago. In terms of being able to spin it, Chris Brown is head and shoulders above the other four guys that are playing quarterback at Montana right now. That doesn't mean anything if you can't process what's going on or if you throw the ball to the other team. We're going to continue talking Big Sky Conference football, Craig Haley, top of the hour. Right now, take a break. Rachel Thurston, out of the darkness walk. It's for the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. We'll talk about a very important cause next. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. 
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I was hitting a spin class earlier today, so I was, and they played some Kanye West. So I was thinking about it, and I also know, I mean, man, the internet is an amazing place this day and age. I, I know that there's plenty of drama when it comes to Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson and Kanye West. Have no fear, Carolyn, the chicken doesn't know sports. She is going to bring the heat for us. I absolutely, I don't even, I haven't even talked to her about what we're going to talk about this week, but I know she's probably going to have something to say about, you know. The gossip Hollywood drama that's going on. But that's not what we're here We're here for. We're here for some fun sports talk. Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. If you want to stream the show, you always can on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. A little cloud cover today, so not quite as hot. And uh, that's always a welcome thing when you got to stand down at football practice. Plenty more football discussion coming up. We're going to talk Big Sky Conference, FCS, the Montana schools in the national landscape. Craig Haley from Stats Perform will join us uh, about 5 p.m. for our ESPN roundtable. So we'll look forward to that. But we take a step outside of that for something much more important than football. We have Rachel Thurston in studio. She is the committee chair for the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, and they have their Out of Darkness walk coming up. Rachel, thanks for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Very well. First and foremost, tell us a little bit about this uh, this organization. The American Foundation of Suicide Prevention seems self-explanatory, but uh, also something that is a, a very worthwhile cause. So d- just share with the people some of the things you guys do. We do a lot of things that focus on suicide prevention and awareness. Um, we help fund education, research, um, survivor benefits. So those such as myself who have lost a loved one due to suicide, um, we make sure to provide resources to support those people through that recovery process. Um, Highly involved in grassroots um, activation, helping with national legislation, things like that. And you guys have a, a fun and big, I should say not fun, important event uh, coming up uh, September 10th. So tell people about this Out of the Darkness Community Walk. Maybe some of the history of it, first and foremost. How long has this been going on? I have been involved for the last six years now. Very good. Um, and it was going on for at least five years before I started that. So it's been it's been a long time in the area. Um pretty big turnout usually suicide prevention is really very prominent in montana we have unfortunately very high suicide statistics in the state um so we like to try to bring that to the forefront of suicide prevention month in september and out of the darkness walk takes place uh, on september 10th and it begins down there at the paddlehead stadium right so just (laughs) tell people just kind of the 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 path that they're going to walk um so we start at paddlehead stadium we are opening the gates at 9 a.m for registration um we will have resource fairs there so we have a lot of our local community organizations that show up and help share resources that they have available for mental health support in the community um we have some remembrance activities that can help people connect to their loved ones and to find other people who have similar stories. And then we exit the Paddlehead Stadium and we walk along the Kim Williams Trail. So there's some beautiful scenery while we are out there raising awareness for suicide prevention. Rachel Thurston joining us in studio here on Nuana's Now Out of the Darkness Walk, September 10th, starting at Ogren Park. 
it's part of the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention's um, awareness initiative here to, to teach you more about suicide, suicide prevention, and, and maybe ways you can help those that, that have survived or lost loved ones uh, to such a tragedy. And this is a nationwide thing, right? It is, yes. Um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention is a national organization. We do have walks in all 50 states. Um, Montana has seven walks ourselves. Cool. Um, so it's it's a pretty big national event. And, and so people uh, can participate in this they can also make donations to this foundation in association with this or otherwise as well right absolutely if people want to donate to our walk directly they can go to our walk page at afsp.org forward slash missoula that takes them straight to the missoula walk page Um, they can sign up for their own team they can donate directly Um, 50 percent of the proceeds raised from our walk in september do stay in the state of montana cool to support education and resources for our own communities. Well, it's a very important thing to to reemphasize just uh, things like hope because that's what this is all about. And Missoula, just this chapter has a goal of $83,000. So uh, let's help these folks get this done. Again, it's AFSP.org. And I know there's a lot of people out there that maybe are going to listen to this and you're not in Montana and maybe you're listening on the Nuanas Now podcast or maybe you're streaming the show from out of state. Uh, you can also find other walks in your area on the website as well, right? Absolutely. If you go to the main homepage of AFSP.org, there is a link right at the top of the page that says find a community walk in your area. You can type in your zip code and it will take you to the closest walk to you and connect you to local resources in your state and community. Well, very, very uh, good. This is a very important thing. Again, it is the Out of Darkness Walk, September 10th. Ogren Park, and then up along the river, along the Kim Williams Trail. Uh, It begins at 1 p.m. You can get registered all morning long. So go help these people out. This is a great initiative, something that is very important uh, to us here in the state of Montana because there is a lot of different things that affect our mental health, not just in this state but around the country. But it's something that's plaguing Montana, certainly. So if you can get involved or if you can give back, please do. AFSP.org is the website. Uh, anything else to add before we let you go, Rachel? Um, only we did have to have minor change in time mm, to okay. our walk. So it actually is starting at 10 a.m. Oh, that's of 1 good. PM. Okay, good. I, I only had the 1 p.m. here, but that's actually good news because I know there's a lot of you out there that are big Grizz football fans. And maybe you're thinking, oh, I'd love to do that, but I got a Grizz game. Now you can do both. This is great. Go get your walk in and then go hit the Grizz game. That's why we changed it. That's great. See, perfect. <laughs> and, and how about this? The Kim Williams Trail goes right there, right? So how it about does. this? Maybe you go park down there in the Sawmill District, and uh, then you walk right there from the Paddleheads right down to Washington Grizzly Stadium, and boom, you get your walk in, support a good cause, and... Uh, Maybe watch the Grizzlies go play South Dakota that afternoon. I think that sounds like a great plan. See, you guys are smart. These are smart people. They know, you, you know, you got a lot of things pulling at the people in Missoula, but particularly Grizz football. So uh, thank you for being here, Rachel. This was great, and uh, best of luck with your event. Thank you so much. We appreciate you having us. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Let's learn a little something about the past, a history lesson coming up to close out hour number one. Keep it right here, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Back and forth, different sides of the table. Depends on how many guests we have. Nice music, by the way, Andrew. Who was that? That was, that was, uh, that was good tunes. Welcome back to Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. It's a Wednesday, so that means it's time for a uh, Wing It Wednesday, a little different version of it. We'll be back to giving you wings next month, but appreciate the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill for all of their fervent support of us here at ESPN Radio. They've been with us since the beginning. We celebrated our 10th anniversary earlier uh, this year, and appreciate the Despo for uh, always supporting us like they do. If you want to watch some baseball, 
They got they they're famous for their wings, but they also have phenomenal hamburgers. How about a burger and some baseball? Burgers, beers, baseball. Middle of August, can't think of much better. Go check out uh, some baseball games as the pennant race heats up, and hang out down there uh, at the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We do this from time to time. This awesome book, The 100 Greatest Sports Heroes, copyright 1954. Remembering some of the best of the best from the first half of the 21st century. Speaking of, uh, the the anniversary, by the way, I, I was remiss to, to not mention this. We kind of danced our way around it, but I, I believe sometime in the last week or so, Andrew Houghton had his one-year anniversary here at... Uh, Missoula Broadcast Company, so I appreciate Andrew for all of his help and contributions to not only this station and this show, but also uh, the rest of the enterprise here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. And uh, actually, Sunday was my fifth-year anniversary here of, of joining ESPN Radio, so we're a couple shows past the five-year, but uh, couldn't do it without you guys out there listening and, and following along. If you've been following along, you know that we've been doing this for Quite some time now, but we're into the O's. We're on page 93, but this is a this is a really good one, a really important one, and you know I think that there was there was a lot of commentary about what I'm about to talk about on on social media when Bill Russell died. Where does Bill Russell fit into the fabric of American sports history, and also just not only comparing his legacy to the legacies of other elite athletes from his era and other eras. But there's this this notion that I've always struggled with, that that athletes are just exponentially getting better. And I do think that there's more, there's a there's a, a much wider range and just in pure numbers, way more great athletes out there than there ever has been. Because we we have such an obsession with it, such a dedication to it, there's such crazy opportunities for it money has been such a huge part of the game. So that's made the acceleration of, of athletics across this country and across the globe big time. But I also think that there are athletes from yesteryear that it's not just that they were great for their eras. I think that there's athletes from yesteryear that would be great at any time, including the one we'll highlight today, Jesse Owens. And the the cultural significance of what Jesse Owens did at the 1936 Olympic Games is part of the story, but also just the utter domination of what Jesse Owens was able to do uh, at those Olympic Games in Berlin is uh, just, just from a pure winning standpoint – it's one of the great performances in the history of, of Olympic track and field and just in the Olympics, period. And so, uh, I mean, you, you think about um, what he did in the Big Ten to then set the stage for those Olympics, and it's one of the greatest performances ever. To begin with that day, I'm, this is, I'm just reading a passage now from this book. To begin with that day, this is coming from the Big Ten Track and Field Championships in Ann Arbor, Michigan. To begin with, Jesse Owens tied a world record while winning the 100-meter dash. This is as a 20-year-old. He followed by setting a new world record in the 220-yard dash and another world record in the 220-yard low hurdles. He closed out his great day by leaping for the longest broad jump. This is what they used to call it. It's now called the long jump. Ever by a man, 26 feet, 8 and a quarter inches. As of 1954, that record still stands. No greater one-man performance had ever been crafted on a track and field. It was the beginning of the glorious saga of one of America's great athletes. By the time the trials for the 1936 Olympic Games came around, Jesse Owens was being called the world's fastest human and its most explosive jumper. Qualified for all of his favorite events, he sailed with the United States Olympic squad to Berlin, Germany for that international carnival. In 1936, Adolf Hitler was near the crest of his terrifying power as the world's most feared man. He ruled Nazi Germany with an iron fist. He boasted that the Olympic Games would prove that German athletes were the fastest and strongest in the world. Jesse Owens 
then a 21-year-old humble American boy, shattered Hitler's boasts of Aryan supermen and focused the scorn of the world on the Nazi race theories. On the first day of the games in Berlin, two Germans won gold medals and were warmly congratulated by the beaming dictator himself in the royal box. The next day, with Hitler watching on, Owens blazed to victory in the 100-meter dash as he covered that distance in 10.2 seconds, set an Olympic record and a world record, but Hitler refused to receive him in his box and shake his hand. On the third day of the Olympic Games, Jesse Owens was entered into the running broad jump. The greatest in the world were there to compete against him, including the mighty Lutz Long, the feared German champion. To warm up the event, Owens jogged down the chute to the place, or to the jump-off place, excuse me, overran the takeoff line. To his consternation, the officials charged the practice leap as one of his regular jumps, but Jesse did not protest. He went back to the starting line, thundered down the runway, and took off in a magnificent leap, but the officials did not even bother to measure the jump. So they're trying to stack this thing against him. I actually didn't know this detail of the story as I read this aloud. The loudspeaker blared forth with the announcement that the American had committed yet another foul. Yet Jesse Owens was left with just one more jump to top Lutz Long, the German entry, who was leading the field. Owens had to make sure there would be no question about the fairness of his jump, nor a doubt that he had committed a foul by overstepping the takeoff line. So before going back to the jump again, Jesse Owens leaned down and drew a line of his own, one foot behind the official takeoff line. The huge crowd in that vast Olympic stadium froze into a breathless silence as the leaned, glistening, ebony body of Jesse Owens hurtled down the runway and took off into space, his legs sawing for the distance. Soon came the official announcement. Owens had set an Olympic long jump record, 27 feet, 5 and 5 sixteenths inches. It is still, to this day, the world record. Unbelievable. I mean, truly... It's one of the greatest stories in the history of sport. It, 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 how can you get better than doing this in front of one of the most feared dictators in the history of humanity, a tried-and-true man so evil he was trying to eliminate your race of human, and you do this in front of him, in spite of him, and representing your country on the largest stage. And again, it's not just the stage and the scene. 27.5 is a ridiculous long jump to this day. I, I think that world record, I think it stood until the 1968 Olympics. So 30 plus years before Bob Beeman broke the world long jump record. Um, I mean, Andrew, we were talking about this uh, at a barbecue at my brother's last weekend. Because, uh, you know, I was talking my my uncle who was in town, who you got a chance to meet, who was a big sports guy, we were talking about Bill Russell and, and where Bill Russell's legacy deserves to be ranked, not only in NBA history, but among, you know, the athletes of, of the 20th century uh, in America. And we started talking about who are the greatest athletes of the 20th century period. And Bill Russell was a name that we came up with, but that's why I find it so Interesting, but also important to read out of this book because you, you can't lose sight of somebody like Jesse Owens. I mean, Jesse Owens and Jim Thorpe are the two guys that are from so long ago that sometimes they get glossed over. But I think we need to continue to remind the people of the accomplishments of these guys. I mean, that, that has to be one of the great sports stories in the history of this country. Yeah, and one of the greatest and most revered sports figures in the history of this country when you talk about comparing their accomplishments to the marks of today, it's almost not even a real conversation because of what, what people like that were going through, uh, you know, in this country. And, and certainly when they traveled overseas, it's just a monumental accomplishment. Jesse Owens is one of those sports figures who transcends sports. He is one of the first sports figures I think that I ever learned about. Um, his biography should be required reading, I think, for, a, for every sure. young person in America. Um, and and yeah, I mean, there's there's just no comparing him with the athletes of today. In 1951, Owens returned to Germany for a visit. Adolf Hitler was dead, and Nazi Germany had been destroyed in a bloody world war. Owens made an appearance at the Olympic Stadium where he had scored his magnificent triumphs in 1936. 
75,000 people were there to greet him. This time there was no arrogant dictator to snub him, for in the official box sat the mayor of Berlin. And when Owens, dressed in his old Olympic track outfit, slowly raced around the track to the wild cheers of the crowd and then jogged over to the box, the mayor rose and held out his arms. Fifteen years ago, Hitler would not shake your hand, the mayor said. Here, I give you both of mine. And he threw his arms around Jesse's neck and hugged him. If that's not a sign of the impact that sport can make in our relations as humans, uh, I don't know what is. Thanks to Desperado for their continued support here of uh, our history lessons and everything else at ESPN Radio. And uh, thanks to you for following along. Remember, history is important, and history like that is incredibly important as we continue to strive for our best future. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Appreciate you being here with us here on your Wednesday. Look at us. We Tommy would be so proud. We are actually on time. We did it. We did all three segments on time in the first hour. <laughs> it's a miracle. Back into what you're here for, though. The football. Craig Haley, senior FCS analyst for Stats Perform, the man who crafts the preseason Walter Payton Award watch list, the Buck Buchanan Award watch list, preseason All-Americans, and the Top 25 poll. He'll join us next, talking all things FCS football with one of the guys who knows it best. Keep it right here. The ESPN Roundtable featuring Craig Haley is next. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 